0: Welcome everyone to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host Greg shoots This is episode thirty-one of the twenty twenty-three podcast series where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And uh, look, we're we're just a little over a week away from the NFL draft, and I, I still feel like there's a lot of uncertainty there in round number one. What's going to happen beyond really Bryce Young there at number one overall? Is Will Anderson an option there for Houston? Are they going to take C.J. Stroud? Are there smoke screens about potentially Will Levis coming up to, to Houston? Is C.J. Stroud going to fall? Uh, what's happening with Anthony Richardson? Where will Jalen Carter go? A lot of uncertainty heading into the draft. I think that's part of what makes the draft process so much fun is really taking a look at each of the teams, where's the best fit going to be, who's going to be the best fit for uh, for this franchise, and then where do we see them coming off the board. And so that's really what I've been trying to do when I'm putting my mock draft together. And, and look, I'm going to be putting out my final mock draft on the website, and we're going to be talking through that next week as we lead up to the draft itself. We're looking at our positional rankings. We've made it through all of the offensive positions. We've talked through the the entire defensive line, both edge rushers, and defensive tackles. Now we're going to get into the linebacker position. And the linebackers, I think this is a, a spot where we've talked about running backs being devalued, and I think as a result, the linebacker position has also been devalued a bit. So we're going to take a look at this draft class. You know, 18 to 20 linebackers You know, being drafted, potentially more uh, on the list. You know, it's really going to be interesting to see exactly how that plays out. But, uh, again, if you've listened to any of the positional rankings – I tend to want to take a look at what's happened in the past in order to kind of get an idea of where we're going future-wise. So really what we've been doing is going back and taking a look at the last five drafts and really taking a look at where everyone's come off the board, uh, just how many position players, and kind of getting a, a good gauge from there. So when we look at the linebacker position, and look, I use DraftHistory.com to really take a look at, at each of the positions, they've got a lot of linebackers in here, but they also have some edge what we consider edge rushers. So if we look at the, the totals, it's kind of hard to really kind of do a comparison because it's kind of uh, you know some edge rushers plus linebackers as well. Um, but when we look at 2018, we had a total of 37 linebackers that were taken in uh, in the draft. So when you look at that draft class, that's the Roquan Smith coming number eight overall, Tremaine Edmonds, Leighton Vanderesh, Rashawn Evans, all coming off the board in round one, all guys that have made an impact at the next level. You know, we also know with uh, with Shaq Leonard you know the the 36th overall pick there for the Colts. What he's meant. We chatted with the Chargers and now with Seattle at number 48 overall. Fred Warner falls all the way to round number three to the 49ers, and we know what he's meant to that program. Uh, how about how about, you know Jerome Baker? He's been a mainstay as a starter there. Uh, also a round three pick. Josie Jewell getting a lot of playing time, starting experience with the Broncos. He came off the board in round number four. Marquise Haynes, really more of an edge rusher there for the Panthers, but he was a fourth-round pick, a guy that can still get after the quarterback a bit. Uh, you know, I know Jarnard Avery, uh, as uh, you know, he was a fifth-round pick coming out of Memphis. He's a guy that's kind of you know played some you know a lot of different positions there uh, and gotten some playing time. Uh, but how about Zaire Franklin, number two thirty-five overall, out of Syracuse? We see what he's meant to that Colts uh, Colts team. You know, and so that's the thing. You know, and I've been saying this time and time again: you can find value in all three days of the draft. And uh, you know, I, I think this is the latest example of that. Uh, we're going to see that again in 2019. You know, a total of 36 linebackers taken. You look at, at Devin White, Josh Allen, who's really an edge rush. We kind of counted him, and, and and Brian Burns also taken in round number one. Counted those in our edge rush counts, but uh, you know this we talked about both the edge rushers from a defensive end and a linebacker standpoint. So, again, we're talking linebackers and edge rush with these groups. Uh, Devin Bush, number 10 overall. Uh, Jelani Tavai, bit of a surprise there coming off the board at at number 43 to the Lions. Uh, uh, Jermaine Pratt, what he's meant to the Bengals, third-round pick there. Uh, Chase Winovich, we know, know, has, has been some nice edge rush depth. He was a third-round pick. Sione Takitaki was re-signed by the Browns. We know what he's meant to that organization. Uh, Cody Barton was a starter there in Seattle. He's moved on to Washington. He's going to be a starter there as well. You know, Bobby Okereke. You know, he moved on to the Giants, but he meant a lot to the Colts as a starter there as well. Uh, you know, uh, continuing down the board, Drew Tranquil. You know, he got a nice uh, free-agent contract. Uh, he was a fourth-round pick. Drake Greenlaw, again, finding talent later on in the draft fifth round pick out of Arkansas number 148 overall and, and he's been a starter there for the the 49ers you know uh, Andrew Van Ginkle Mac Wilson Justin Hollins Blake Cashman all role players there uh how about Cole Holcomb 173 overall out of North Carolina going to to the Redskins and Cole Holcomb look you know he, he's with the Steelers now but uh a guy that really inserted himself into the the starting rotation there and then david long the Sim you know similarly in round number six coming out of West Virginia you know kind of an undersized linebacker didn't really get a whole lot of uh, expectations uh surrounding him and we know what he's he's been able to make the most of it uh Caden Ellis a seventh round pick out of the saints we know that he's now with the falcons another guy who has really maximized uh, you know his time there in the league twenty twenty total of 32 Linebacker slash, uh, you know, edge rush from the linebacker position. Um, you know, we saw a total of four, and you're talking about you know Isaiah Simmons, Kenneth Murray, Jordan Brooks, Patrick Queen, uh, all starters in the league. Um, you know, you look at Willie Gay in, in round number two. How about Logan Wilson falling all the way to round number three? This was a guy that you know coming out of Wyoming. I was a huge fan of a guy that was a, just a playmaker um, and. We've seen that for Cincinnati in his, his first couple of years in the league. Uh, Zach Bond going to the Saints. He was kind of an edge rush type there at the linebacker spot. Jacob Phillips has been a starter there for the Browns, also coming off the board in round number three. Uh, Akeem Davis-Gaither has been a role player there for the Bengals, coming off the board in round number four. How about Michael Walker out of Fresno State, right? You know, This is a guy off the board in round four. He's been a guy that's been able to start there in Atlanta, Travis Gibson to the Bears. Kind of surprised that they had him listed as a a linebacker. He's really a a defensive end there for uh, Chicago. Uh, As we continue to make our our way down that group, Marcus Bailey to the Bengals, another guy that could be considered a role player there at that linebacker spot. So 2020, total of 32 between those two groups. 2021, 27 total. This is the Micah Parsons draft. And we know what Micah Parsons has meant to the Cowboys. Is there a guy in this year's draft that can resemble Micah Parsons? We've talked about him in the edge rush group, and that might be uh, Nolan Smith. Uh, But, you know, Zayvon Collins at number 16, Jamin Davis at at 19, uh, you know, and and Odafe Owe at at number 31. All guys that are still developing, you know, but I think the the athleticism, the traits were absolutely there. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Coming off the board in round two, Nick Bolton, man, what, what he meant to the Chiefs. You know, the scoop and score in the Super Bowl, almost had a second one. Uh, Pete Warner, it, it has been a, a value starter there for the Saints. Another second-round pick, uh, Money Rice is getting a chance to start with the Titans. He's in. He was taken in round three. Baron Browning, uh, also a starter for the Broncos. Derek Barnes to the Lions. Round number four. This is a guy that has pushed for some playing time there as well uh has, has some starting experience under his belt uh, so he's a guy that i, I think is continuing to progress uh, and then this past season 2022 33 linebackers slash you know the edge rush that we were talking about uh, you know i think a bit of a surprise the packers taking quay walker everyone was really expecting him to be a second rounder he came off the board number 22 overall i actually had Devin lloyd ranked a lot higher uh, but he falls to 27 jaguars pick him up there uh, you know, we, we've got you know, Ebi Keddy, uh, Boye Mafe, David Ojabo listed among these linebackers. They're all edge rushers. We talked about them previously. You get to Troy Anderson out of uh, out of uh, Montana State going to the Falcons at number 58 overall. We know the athleticism; it's it's shown brightly there in the NFL. And uh, I think Ryan Nielsen's really going to be happy to be working with Anderson, uh, really a really versatile chess piece in his multiple uh, defense. Um, Brian Osamoa brings some speed there uh, to the Vikings round three same thing with, with Chad Muma. you know we know that he's he's gotten some playing time there for the Jags Christian Harris is going to be a a, uh, a very valuable piece there for the Texans with D'Amico, uh, Ryans and that linebacking group. Um, how about Nicobe Dean to the Eagles in round three uh, you know he and Jordan Davis going to the Howie Rosemans group there out of Georgia. He's now the starting middle linebacker with TJ Edwards moving on to Chicago. Uh, Leo Chenal for the Chiefs, you know, showing off some some pretty good athleticism. He's gotten himself some playing time. Same thing with with Micah McFadden uh, out of Indiana. Uh, I think people were sleeping on him. People had him rated really low, and uh, ends up you know being picked up at round number five, one forty-six overall. And I thought that he's played pretty well. Then there's Rodrigo. If you watched. Uh, hard knocks. Malcolm Rodriguez. This dude, you know, he's undersized. That's why he fell all the way to the round number six, number one eighty-eight overall, uh, out of Oklahoma State. And uh, dude, dude played his way into a starting spot there with the Lions. Same thing, you know. You, uh, I know he's an edge rush guy, and we talked about him in the in the edge uh, position group. But James Houston, the fourth, was a sixth-round pick out of Jackson State, number two seventeen overall. Um, so undersized guys that are making an impact there for Detroit so uh, you know that's that's an organization that I think is really on the rise and a lot of that is, is due to the type of guys that they are bringing in and uh, you know making some really smart decisions there in the draft. So what I'd like to do I, I look at the draft and, and really this linebacker group want to kind of talk through where I see some of these guys coming off the board who's gonna be the first linebacker taken and really kind of talk about, are day two guys and then day three because i think we have one linebacker who may come off the board in round one and then after that it's really where is everyone else going to fall i think what you're really going to see is a lot of depth there in rounds four five six and, and really seven as well um there are a lot of names there there aren't going to be a ton of of draft picks to go around so i think there are going to be some guys you know some decent players that we're going to see fall to uh you know be an undrafted free agent out of this position group so we'll go ahead and jump into things. We look at Drew Sanders out of Arkansas, 6'4", 235 pounds. This is a guy who started his career there at Alabama, uh, You know, really trying to be an edge rush off opposite Will Anderson. And uh, when he moves to Arkansas, he's really more of an off-ball linebacker. And in Fayetteville, look, he was a versatile chess piece playing next to Bumper Pool, uh, finished with 103 tackles, 13 t- and a half tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks, five pass breakups and interception, three forced fumbles, sideline to sideline range. Scrapes over the top, shoots gaps downhill in a hurry. Speed, quick chance to be an eff- effective pass rusher coming off the edge. I mean, obviously, nine and a half sacks, he knows exactly what to do to get there. Um, wears a lot of hats. I look at Buffalo, and I know Buffalo is, is considering a, a wide receiver there. There's also talk that maybe you New know, Hopkins may end up wanting to get traded to Buffalo. Um, so there, there could be a receiver in their future, possibly a running back, depending on what happens with B. Uh, John Robinson. But uh, I look at Drew Sanders, I think he'd be a great fit uh, next to Matt Milano. He has a lot of the same traits that uh, Tremaine Edmonds has, and we know that Edmonds has moved on to Chicago. I think Drew Sanders will basically be a plug-and-play guy there. I know he's still learning the position. That's why he may fall to round number two, but I still think the bills make the most sense. So whether it's round one or round two, I really feel that a Drew Sanders, uh, the best fit for him is going to be in Buffalo. My number two linebacker is going to be Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. You know, the versatility is is off the charts for him. 6'2", 235 pounds. This is a guy who, you know, I, I think versatility is another thing that we talk about. Um, I think he draws comparisons to uh, Isaiah Simmons. I I don't know that those are necessarily fair because, you know, when you look at Isaiah Simmons, you know, he was a top 10 pick. And really because, you know, you look at the size, the athleticism, uh, the the explosiveness to his game. And look, you know, Trenton Simpson at uh, 6'2 and 235, you know, he's no slouch. He ran a 4-4, 3-40, 1-5-5, 10-yard split. Um, you know, when, when you look at his game, though, I think he was at his best when Brent Venables was the defensive coordinator there at Clemson, allowing him to really just play freely in space, be that playmaker that he is, be able to drop into coverage, be able to uh, get after the quarterback, make plays behind the line of scrimmage. When you look at 2021, he had 65 tackles, 12-1 going for loss, 6 and a half sacks, couple of pass breakups. He was all over the field. You know, fast forward to 2022. Brent Venables is now the head coach at OU, and uh, 72 tackles, so an uptick there. But just four tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. Really not playing the same position. And you know, I thought there was a little bit more rigidity to to the defense there with what he was asked to do. Give him some of that flexibility, allow him to roam around and make plays in space. And uh, you know, yeah, you know, I, I look at him. I look at Carolina, and I know that you know people have talked about Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, potentially Buffalo as well if, if they don't get uh, Drew Sanders. But the reason why I'm looking at Carolina, I know uh, Frankie Louvu had a, had a career season in, in his first year there with the Panthers. But when I look at it, I think they have to start considering life after Shaq Thompson. I know Jeremy Chin is seen as a potential successor. Really, Chin should be in that secondary. You draft Simpson, allow him to stay there, and uh, gives you multiple chess pieces to really move around, give you some of that versatility. So at 39 overall, I think that could make some sense there for Trenton Simpson when it's all said and done. Uh, Number three on my list is going to end up being Jack Campbell, and this dude is just an absolute football player. 6'5, 249 pounds. When you look at what this guy is able to do, model of consistency for the vaunted Hawkeye defense over the last two seasons 265 tackles, nine tackles for loss, a couple of sacks. Four interceptions, seven pass breakups. Everyone talks about this is a guy that goes downhill, but can he really play in space? Can he really uh, move laterally? Can he really get into coverage? When you watch this guy in zone, does a great job locking in on the quarterback. Reads, you know, reads and reacts. Trusts what his eyes see, and he makes a break on the football. And makes plays in coverage. He just has that nose for the football, and he uses that those instincts to put himself in a position to make a play. If you want to know where the ball is heading, just watch number thirty-one in, in black and white work at his best in the box. Again, he can fill holes downhill, can scrape over the top, and meet the bar- ball carrier on the perimeter. Um, Ran a four six five forty at the combine, so I think he answered the questions about his athleticism. 37-inch vertical leap, 6.74 three-cone drill uh, that put him second among wide receivers, and his 4.24 4 short shuttle put him in the top five among wide receivers as well. So when you talk about his athleticism, I think he's really kind of put that the, the bed to you know put that to bed. And uh, when I look at Tampa at number 50 overall, I know that they were able to bring Levante David back. It's just a one-year deal. They're also talking about you know Devin White potentially wanting a trade and getting out of Tampa. They're going to need to address that linebacker position. I think Jack Campbell would fit nicely into, into what Tampa wants to do defensively. Um, one more guy on the list, and uh, I actually have him coming off the board before Jack Campbell, and that's Dayon Henley out of Washington State. I have him going to the New York Jets. Uh, 6-1, 225. You know, he started off uh, as a safety, moved to linebacker there at, ne- at uh, Nevada, moved to to Wazzu, and in that final season, this is a guy that has tremendous range, tremendous instincts. He can play all the way to the sideline. Good job working in traffic, reading the offensive line, slipping, uh, you know, sliding to avoid blocks and make a play. Uh, Four-five speed, fluid hips allow him to match up against both tight ends and running backs. I think that's really uh, you know when you look at all the guys here at the top new wave linebackers guys that are able to do a lot of different things wear a lot of different hats uh Deion Henley is really no exception 106 tackles for the Coogs 12 tackles for loss four sacks um you know he had four interceptions in 2021 with the Wolfpack for transferring as as a grad transfer but i i don't see him getting out of the second round he's a guy to me that can be a playmaker the jets have two picks in round number two I think one of them use it on Dayon Henley um, you know when I, when I look at this you know I think he just brings some of that versatility you know, I know that they did sign a you know a, a three-year deal on, on Quincy Williams but you add another athletic linebacker with cover skills Henley's gonna be that guy round number three this is where it can get a little interesting you know I, I'm looking at Demarvion Overshown for, of Texas 6'3", 229 pounds. Around a four-five-six forty at the combine, uh, with a 1-5-9-10 ten-yard split, uh, which you know isn't is too shabby at all. But you look at this guy, you know, he he looks like he could be a safety, uh, but he's just a, you know, kind of a jacked-up safety, right? You know, he, he's got a lot of range. Uh, can play sideline to sideline. Uh, is a force coming downhill, but he can also you know make plays in space. And that's something that, that you're going to see there. Um, I have not going to Houston at number 73 overall. They, they signed Denzel Perryman. They've, they've signed Corey Littleton in, in free agency. I think Overshown can end up being the future uh, of the linebacker position there in Houston. D'Amico Ryans is going to be looking for a guy to really take that group over. I think Overshown has, has shown the ability to be able to do that. Uh, 96 tackles his past season, 10 tackles for loss, four sacks, five pass breakups. When you look at the stats you know, in his career, Thirty and a half tackles for loss. So a guy that loves to play behind the line of scrimmage. He's got a little bit of you know of juice to be a pass rusher. Nine sacks, uh, 17 pass breakups to go along with three interceptions. Just a guy who is is just a good football player, tremendous athlete, ton of length. And uh, so that's where I, I get really excited when I watch this guy play uh, because you know I just think about the again the versatility. You know, guy that could probably even drop back and play a little bit of safety if you really wanted him to as well. Um, the next guy on my list is, is someone who I, I think could end up being a third rounder. He'll probably come off the board in round number four, and that's Dorian Williams out of out of Tulane. Um, you know, this is a guy he brings a lot of length, um, a lot of athleticism. 6'1", 220 pounds. Uh, you know, look, one hundred thirty two tackles this past season, eight and a half uh, tackles for loss, five sacks, a couple of interceptions, seven pass breakups. And then he shows up at the combine and really shows off some really nice athleticism as well um, you know almost has 34 34 inch arms um when you look at this draft class you know there's there's only a couple of guys that, that really compare to that um but right at 449 40 154 10 yard split um and you know look he made plays for two he was the heart and soul of that defense he was flying around making plays on the football he's athletic to drop in coverage trust his eyes, you know, what I really love is, you know, being able to spy the quarterback as well, uh, be able to come downhill and and make a play. Standout special teams performer for the Green Waves, excellent closing burst. Um, You know, he can carry the tight end down the field, you know, um, on wheel, you know, cover running backs on wheels. I think he's best in the flat. Um, You know, he can be a little stiff in transition at times, but, you know, the the burst downhill, blitzing through the A-gap, will struggle at times to get off blocks. Um, especially with offensive linemen climbing to the second level, but you love the depth and coverage. You see the backpedal, you know, covering these dig routes, reading the quarterbacks, getting his hand in to break up. Defensive leader calls all the plays on defense. Team captain, uh, a guy that I think, you know, could be a really nice locker room presence for teams. And so he's a guy that, i think because the position is de- devalued he may fall to round four but if i were a team i'd take him in in round number round number three uh, I, I think after that you look at a guy like henry tooto out of alabama 6'1 227 pounds and a four six two forty, 240 which isn't bad and when you think about tooto this is a guy that you know number 10 for alabama and i, I think he does a lot of things um uh, you know, he's just—he's a smart player. He's an intelligent player. But the thing with with Henry Tootoo is he's not going to be—I don't think he'll ever be an exceptional player. You know, he—he he puts himself to be—you know—at the right position at the right time. You know, I think he's an intelligent player. He'll probably be a starter, but he won't be that dynamic playmaker that teams are looking for. And that's fine. You know, he's going to fill a, a really nice role. That's why I don't have him coming off the board in the first two days of the draft. Initially, I did, but the more I, I sit there and look at at, at Henry Tootoo's tape, I think you know fourth round feels about right. Uh, 205 tackles in his two years there at Alabama, uh, 15 and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. You know, started his career at Tennessee, but really, you know, what he was able to do there at Alabama really, you know, put everyone kind of on notice, um, you know, about his game. Uh, the next guy we got to talk about though is Noah Sewell out of Oregon, six one and a half, 246 pounds. Um, you know, ran a four. Uh, 6'440 at the combine. I think everyone was expecting him maybe to run even a little bit faster than that because he's, he's really, a, a, you know, his downhill speed definitely jumps off the charts. Put up 225, 27 times, so strength has never been an issue. This is a guy that can really, uh, you know, he, he stacks and sheds, takes on blockers, doesn't stay blocked, uh, continues to work towards the football. Um, I think he's limited in, in coverage. Um, you know, really, 2021 was a standout year. 114 tackles, eight and a half for loss, four sacks. I think he struggled at the beginning of the year trying to figure out Dan Lanning's defense. Once he was able to just kind of relax and and fly around to the football, make plays. You know, I, I think you really saw Noah Sewell uh, his game start to open up and really started playing a lot better. Uh, can get up the field as a pass rusher. Um, you see some of the transition, you know, the, the ability to, to put his foot in the ground and, uh, and you know make those changes of direction to get after the quarterback. Good bull rush. Um, I watched him against Oregon State and, and Jonah, uh, Joshua Gray, left tackle. He, he's a solid player. Was able to drive him back into the quarterback. Uh, sets a pretty hard edge against the run. Um, you know, they're trying to bounce it outside. Does a really good job kind of spilling that out to the uh, to, to, to the secondary there on the outside. Good diagnosis coming downhill, um, runs right by some of the blockers, able to, to drop some guys in the backfield. So the, the quick to read and react. Um, you just worry about the lateral agility, his ability to play in coverage with consistency. Uh, fourth round feels about right. I think at one point everyone was talking about him as a, as a first rounder, but I still think this is a, a, a solid performer, a guy that's going to be a starter at the next level. Uh, you know, he's just. I don't know that he's necessarily going to be you know, completely flashy, but he's look he's he's physical um, and, and a guy that's going to you know he's going to he, he, he's he, when he arrives at the football he's he's going to make make it known that uh, you know his presence is felt. Um, you know, Penay Sewell's brother and you know two guys that definitely you know he's it's a football family for sure. Uh, Owen Papo out of Auburn, six foot two twenty five, ran a four three nine forty at the at the combine. I mean that really speaks to what this guy does he, he flies around and makes plays you're gonna see him uh you know attack the football uh you know is a big hitter i think that's another thing that that really jumps off he's he wants to be physical uh looking to shoot gaps uh, you know doesn't stay blocked there was a game against uh, lsu and the guard and, and center climbed to the second level started to push him back he didn't stay blocked used his hands to get off that block and, and get towards the ball carrier um, you know, it's one of those things that I think he does a, a pretty good job in space, understanding how to position his body to slip blocks and, uh, and, and make some plays. He um, you know, struggled with some injuries this past season, but uh, I, I don't think that there's really you know too much concern about his, his durability overall. Um, you know, He's a guy that I think things need to stay clean in front of him. Um, but you allow him to fly around and make a play on the ball. Ninety-one tackles this past season. Uh, you know, three tackles for loss, a couple of sacks. Only played in five games in twenty twenty-one. Um, but this is a guy. Look, you know, he uh, he's going to shoot some gaps. He's going to play sideline to um, sideline. Can offer up a little bit of pass rush ability as well. I like Juan Tapo uh, coming off the board there in round number four, which takes us to a guy that I would pound the table for. Uh, who could come off the board in round three. I'd love to see him come off the board in round three. I ultimately think, you know, the fourth, fifth round range probably feels about right. And that's Ysir Abdullah out of Louisville. 6'1", 237, ran a four four seven forty at the combine, 36 and a half vertical leap. Uh, you know, so when you talk about Abdullah, you know, the, the athletic profile, you know, screams that this is a dude that that can can make some plays, right? You know, the, the athleticism, you expect him to be productive. Uh, a, a guy that can rush off the edge, uh, beats beats the tackles inside with with inside moves. Uh, gets to the quarterback in a hurry. Um, the the jump, the speed, the effort coming off the edge to get to the quarterback as a pass rusher is, is definitely there. Um, team captain. Um, one of the things you, know, I saw him play against Florida State and read the screen. Gets outside in a hurry. Runs down the running back for a two yard loss. So a guy that under you know is pretty good in coverage. Um, you know he was good uh, underneath. In zone coverage, read Jordan Travis's eyes. Uh, ultimately, tried to hit hit the wide receiver to the wide side, um, and you know, ball ultimately was way underthrown. And, and Yasir Abdullah was in the right place to make a play and wound up you know, being able to pick the football off. When you look at what Yasir has been able to do um, at Louisville, um, you know the numbers. You know, it, it, it's it's I I didn't put him among. I considered it. Among the edge rushers, but ultimately I have him at linebacker because, frankly, you know at six one two thirty seven, uh, you know he's a little little undersized at the edge. You know I can see him being a Sam uh, in a forty three defense and then just let him go work. Right, uh, forty two tackles for loss with twenty three and a half sacks. When you look at that nineteen and a half sacks in his last two seasons. You know, 10 sacks in 2021, nine and a half in 2022. Uh, also has eight pass breakups, three interceptions, had two this past season, four forced fumbles this past season, eight in his career. Uh, so I look at Yaseer Abdullah, I think he's a guy that has the productivity to have a much higher draft position um, than I think he'll probably get. Although, you know, it, to me, he looks like a third-round pick. To me, he looks like a guy, you know, if, if a, a team like the Raiders. You know, and you look at them, I know they've got Divine Diablo there um, you know, as, as one of their linebackers. Uh, they moved on from Corey Littleton. Um, but, you know, you think about their pass rush. You know, if you want to have a, a Sam backer that uh, can help Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, uh, and, and company coming off the edge, then uh, I think Yasir Abdullah can absolutely be able to, to be that guy. You know, and I think the Raiders you know, should look to target Abdullah in that third, fourth round range. Ultimately, I think he may end up being a fifth-round pick, though. Um, Cam Jones out of Indiana, 6'1", 226 pounds, veteran presence there for the the Hoosiers. Uh, you know, really was the heart and soul of that defense. You know, he battled some injuries during his time there, and you know, he made his presence felt when he was out on the field. Played in just five games this past season, but in those five games, fifty-four tackles, three going for loss, and a sack. Uh, I think when he's at his best. This is a guy that could end up coming off the board in round number five. Um, Ultimately, I think the injury history may be enough for him to fall because there are so many linebackers that we could be considering in the fifth to seventh round range. To me, I think he'll probably be a a sixth, possibly a seventh round pick, um, but definitely a guy that is going to warrant some consideration here in this group. Um, Ivan Pace Jr., Cincinnati. This is a dude that just flies around to the football. He's undersized. He's 5'10 and a half, 231 pounds. But uh, you want to talk about a guy that uh, just makes plays. you know? And, and this is a guy that he, he transferred to Cincinnati to play with his brother, Deshaun, but he started out at, at Miami of Ohio. And uh, in, in 2021, had 125 tackles, 13 going for loss, four sacks, uh, three pass breakups as well uh, and then he transfers to to the Bearcats and just really elevates this game even further with 136 tackles 20 and a half going for loss nine sacks four pass breakups you know and, and he's playing in the American uh, athletic conference as opposed to the Mac um, so this is a dude that's just a heat-seeking missile he's looking to come downhill and just you know really come with bad intentions he's looking to ruin your day and, and I think that's really what made number zero a lot of fun you know 20 uh 22 aac defensive player of the year he was second in the fbs in tackles for loss unanimous all-american um and and, the the lateral agility can scrape over the top against the run as well so he's not just a guy that's going to come downhill um you know and want to just fill gaps all the time but you know you see that that tremendous range um you know he took on, uh, you know, playing against Arkansas. Took on Ricky Stromberg, who I think is going to be a third or fourth round pick at the center position. Able to use a swim move to beat him and get to the running back for, for drop, you know, dropping him for a loss. But uh, you love the, the athleticism, the physicality. Uh, you know, he may be undersized, but this is a dude that's going to fly around to the football. And uh, fifth, sixth round feels about right. But this is a, this is a guy that's going to make a team, and uh, you know, he's going to be a fan favorite for sure because of the way you know the effort that he plays with. Um, Jeremy Banks out of Tennessee. 6'1, 232 pounds, 4'5", 340 at the combine, 37.5 inch vertical leap. I don't think there's any question that this guy, from an athletic standpoint, um, you know, that, that he could play. Uh, he's a guy, though, that I think is more of a, a downhill performer. This is a dude that wants to blitz, come downhill, shoot gaps, you know, times those blitzes really well. Um, you know, I think he had a great game against Bama in the upset of the Crimson Tide, um, you know, really you know, pursues the run laterally well in a hurry, uh, got to Jameer Gibbs on the outside, uh, only you know, limited him to a, just a four-yard gain, um, outflanked the offense, looping around, timed his blitz off the edge well to, to affect the pass, getting to, to Bryce uh, Bryce Young, uh, sitting at five yards, starts to head towards the line of scrimmage at the snap, then the speed through the A-gap, hits Young in the end zone uh, as he was throwing on a third and 22 play that forced a punt. Um, beats the block of the center on, on a counter play to the outside. Wraps up uh, Gibbs for for little gain there. Um, you know they played Pittsburgh, and I think one of the more impressive plays uh, was was a, a touchdown run by Izzy Abanikanda, and he nearly chased him down on this 76-yard touchdown run. The effort was was impressive. Active hands to get the ball and you know his hands into the passing lane. Um, you know. Drops in, in, into coverage, taking on the running backs. Um, you know, I, I think you know he's a little limited there. Struggles with with uh, with that on on a consistent basis. It you know, was beaten deep playing Georgia in 2021. Uh, Brock Bowers. Um, beat him by, by a couple of yards, but I, I think my notes just really say this dude is a, a blitzer. You, know, you line him up there at, at linebacker, you allow him to, to shoot through the A-gap, you let him to come off the edge, and uh, the, the speed coming downhill is absolutely evident, and a guy that just knows how to uh, you know, time up those jumps really well uh, 2021 was his best year by far uh, 128 tackles 11.5 going for loss, 5.5 sacks this past season uh, just 53 tackles, 4.5 tackles for loss but uh, you know, a, a guy uh, because of his effort because of the athleticism as well at the position, um, he's a guy that I think could come off the board in, in round number 6 possibly round 7 um, just not a guy that is adept in coverage as some of these other guys I think that's why his draft stock falls a little bit um, a guy, Two guys that I'm really high on that I think other people aren't nearly as, as high on. And the first guy is Servasier Dennis coming out of Pittsburgh, six foot, 226 pounds. And, and this guy, to me, was, was an absolute playmaker there for Pittsburgh. He just seemed to be all over the field. And, uh, you know, he can blitz. He can drop into coverage. He can play the run. Uh, 94 tackles this past season, 12 tackles for loss. That's his third straight season with at least – uh, with at least ten tackles for loss, seven sacks. So ultimately, that's fifteen in in three years with the Panthers. Uh, you know, three pass breakups, a couple of interceptions in his career as well. Um, but for me, when I when I watch Savasié Dennis play, uh, you know, the, the question I think really is going to be: Can he be an inside backer? I'd actually like to see him play in a four three as, as a will, and I think that you know he'd have some success there playing that position. Um, but. Look, you know, Dennis, he's, he's a guy that, that really times up his blitz as well. You know, he's going to be physical at that at the point of attack, taking on blockers. Um, you know, you see some, some lateral agility uh, to his game. But, man, when he comes downhill taking on a running back in the hole, um, he's going to definitely wrap the guys up and make a play. Uh, just an absolute nose for the football. Very active, high-motor guy. Um, you know, man, you see him looping around on stunts, getting to the quarterback. Um, Blitzing through a gaps, shooting shooting gaps whenever possible. Uh, you know, there's a you know a, just a, a, an ability to to make plays. You know, and that's really the the, the biggest thing that I see with Servatius Dennis. You know, big number seven. He was a team captain, a guy that made all the the defensive calls there for for Pittsburgh. And uh, I think sixth round probably feels about right. Um, you know, because he is. Um, on the smaller side, there at that linebacker spot, but I, I think a team could really find a, a good use in a 43, uh, using him really as as that will. Uh, same goes for D. Winters out of TCU, 5'11, 227. So another guy who's undersized, ran a 44940 at the combine, so you know that that downhill speed is there. Uh, and, and if you watched the uh, the CFP the playoffs, you know when they took on Michigan, this is a guy that was a game wrecker. Right, you know, coming off downhill off the edge, um, he did lose contain against uh, sets of Bennett in the uh, the national title game. You know, I think he got baited a little bit uh, coming off the edge, um, but the dude will get downhill. He's a very sure tackler. That's something that I think absolutely jumped off the film. Um, you know, if you watch him dropping into coverage, you read J.J. McCarthy in that Fiesta Bowl. Um, the tight end colston loveland on a slant reddit drifts into the throwing lane picked off the pass secured it returned to 29 yards for a pick six you saw a delayed blitz shooting through the a gap chasing mccarthy trying to get uh you know trying to escape the pocket wrapped him up as he was trying to throw it ball was ultimately incomplete crashes down backside at the mesh uh, when, when donovan edwards took the handoff uh, able to chase him down for a three-yard loss they're you know, shooting into the backfield filling gaps um, able to cover uh, both the running back and the tight end, uh, he was really just flying all over the place. You know, he was anticipating run with his blitz, shoots downhill on a jet sweep to, to AJ Henning, beat the block of the right guard Zach Zinter, uh, and, and shoots in for a, for a four yard loss. Uh, you know, I, 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 against Baylor, you know he's taking on uh, you know Squirrel Williams, the running back, uh, swing pass. Flies inside out, gets to the running back, drops him for a four-yard loss. Really sure tackler in the open field. I look at him, you know, and uh, I, I see will potential, and the athleticism is absolutely there. You know, I think there's no question about that. He is a little bit undersized, but uh, he may, more than makes up for it with effort and uh, just flying around with his speed. Um, you know, the bigger thing is is he's got these shorter arms, shorter hands or smaller hands, too, Um, you know they're under they're just over eight and a half inches Um, so you worry about that in terms of being able to make a play on the football but you know the 30 you know just over 31 and a half inch arms you know he's got that, that squatty build uh, and so you worry about his ability to, to take on blocks. I think that's really the biggest thing more than anything else. But I think as a six-rounder, this is a guy that could end up being, uh, like Servossi Dennis, guys that, that could make a roster and make an impact because they did uh, make a ton of plays uh, for Pittsburgh and TCU, respectively. Uh, Ventrell Miller of Florida is another guy, six foot 232 pounds. I think he's he's more of an inside linebacker. But what I love about Ventrell Miller is uh, this, this is another dude who – Plays with, with with good effort on uh, on just about every play. When fifty one wasn't in the lineup for Florida, they absolutely felt it. You saw the speed laterally. You know, um, you know, Mookie Cooper, a fast receiver there at Mizzou, able to chase him down, drop him in the open field for only a two yard gain. He's very active, has a nose for the football, times his jumps uh, pretty well on his blitzes. Um, you know, also shows a uh, you know the timing um, and the presence of mind on some of his delayed blitzes to really get get there. Um, reads screens, so he does a good job, you know, with, with the, the study, you know, reading his keys, instinctive, explosive. Got to a play and made a made a play on the on the ball carrier uh, off of a screen. That was against Kentucky. Um, you know, he only played in two games in 2021, so I think some of the durability concerns are going to be there. But you know, this is a guy he, he led the team in tackles in 2020, um, and and that's really the thing when he's healthy. This is a guy who who plays fast uh 86 tackles seven and a half for loss three and a half sacks in 2020 obviously we know that there was a regime change in 2022 still ended up with 74 uh total tackles eight and a half going for loss so definitely an instinctive guy, especially against the run. Uh, there are some questions about his ability dropping into coverage. He can read the plays really well, a lot of what's happening in front of him. I just don't know if he's going to be able to pick up running backs, cover them out of the backfield. So that limits his draft potential. You know, is he really a three three down linebacker or do we have to take him off the field on third downs? Similarly with, with Aubrey Miller out of Jackson State, 5'11", 229, uh, ran a 4'7", 140 at the combine. Um, you know, look uh, in his two seasons there. He, he was at Missouri uh, from 2017 to 2019. Played in, in uh, 21 games. Ultimately moves to Jackson State, and you know in his two seasons there, 226 tackles, uh, 23 and a half going for loss, eight and a half sacks, nine pass breakups, six forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries. You know, this is a guy that showed pretty good range, um, and uh, you know was a physical physical presence there. Uh, at Jackson State one of the really the leader defensively for for Deion Sanders and company and uh, you know you look at him and obviously at 511 and a half he's another undersized linebacker so probably gonna fall to towards the end of, of day number three I would have loved to have seen what he could do against some of these other guys. You know, when you watch him in the drills right next to somebody else at the Combine, you know, being able to check off some of the boxes there. But even still, I think, you know, he's a a good athlete, a guy that, uh, you know, you're going to find around the football and, uh, you know, just really an intelligent player. And so I I think he's a guy that can end up sticking at the next level. You just wonder if, uh, you know, he's going to be able to cover uh, at that NFL level. Uh, Anthony Orgy out of Vanderbilt, 6'1", 230 pounds, 4'5", 3'40", half inch vertical leap, so we could definitely check off the athleticism. I think there's no question that that Anthony, uh, Anthony Orgy has that. Uh, very active, leading tackler for the group, pretty fluid dropping into coverage, able to turn his hips from, from uh, outside to the inside, shoots gaps downhill, um, will force running backs wide, um, and, and really getting them, you know, kind of sh- stringing them out and allowing the other defenders to come out and and rally to the football. Um, This is a guy that uh, is is pretty instinctive in terms of the run, being able to put his his helmet on the football and and make a play for some fumbles. He can drop into coverage, Um, quick throws over the middle, taking a couple of steps back, um, sees the throw over the middle, will immediately plant, explode downhill, uh, with a big hit on the receiver and uh you know no real wasted movement coming downhill doesn't always maintain gap uh, integrity so obviously that's an issue but uh, you love some of the timing on some of his blitzes being able to shoot gaps and get downhill um orgy when you look stat wise um, you know 106 tackles in 2022 six and a half going for loss with a sack But I mentioned that in 2021, he was also the team's leading tackler. Uh, 92 tackles, 13 going for loss there as well. Uh, A guy that makes a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. Again, coming downhill is the biggest thing. Uh, 21 tackles for loss, uh, 269 tackles in his career there with the Commodores. Most of that really in the last two seasons, really 198 of those. Uh, But a guy that I I think I I like the athleticism. I I think of Zaire Franklin and what he's meant to the Colts. I look at Anthony Orgy and he could end up being a similar type of, type of player, uh, similar type of impact. Uh, Drake Thomas, NC State, is an intriguing guy. Six foot, two hundred twenty-eight pounds. Ran a four-seven forty at the combine. Um, you know, but uh, you know, there was a 7.1, uh, cone drill that I think you know is you know that would have placed him, I think, third among the fourth among the the linebackers. You know, there's he was uh, one hundredth of a second away from uh, having the same time there as Charlie Thomas. So it would have been fourth uh, overall in the group, but this is a guy that's known for getting after the quarterback. I think length is definitely going to be a concern and the question is, is okay, where are we going to play this guy? Um, because I think he lacks some of that that ideal length coming off the edge, but man, the dude's relentless. In his last two seasons there with the Wolfpack, uh, 200 tackles, um, 101 in 2022 missed that 100 yard uh, that 100 tackle mark by one in, in 2021. But uh, the plays behind the line of scrimmage is a production. That's where I, I get excited. 32 and a half tackles for loss, 13 and a half sacks, three interceptions, five pass breakups. You know he's a guy that plays with his, his hair on fire and uh, flies around to the football. I think a team may very well take a chance on him in round number seven. Uh, but again, you know being undersized, there are a lot of guys that are six foot or under and uh, you, you just worry about where they're going to be playing. Um, can Drake Thomas drop into coverage on a consistent basis? I think that's another question that uh, we don't really have the answer to. Mohamed um, Diabate, Utah, 6'4", 227 pounds. Um, I think when you look at him, the athleticism is absolutely there. 4'5", 240, 6'9", cone drill, 4'2", uh, 5", in the short shuttle. So when you talk about the athleticism, that definitely checks out. Um, you know, he started his career there at Florida before transferring to Utah and, uh, you know, really had his best season in 2022. 58 tackles, 13 and a half for loss, five sacks. Um, but for me, when I thought of Utah's defense, I didn't really think of, uh, you know, Diabate. Um, you know, I thought that, that uh, there were a lot of other guys that made a, a more uh, more of an impact and guys that you know you you remember you know I, I remember Clark Phillips do I remember number three for, for Utah making plays around the line of scrimmage I, I really don't He he's one of those guys that I think because of that you know I think the athleticism will give him a chance at the next level but he just seemed to kind of blend in he wasn't really a guy that stood out and when you're trying to separate yourself from other guys at the next level that's really what I worry about for him uh, Micah Baskerville out of LSU, foot 221. I think some people actually have him rated a lot higher. This is a guy that's just a bottle of consistency. You know, that's really the big thing. He's not going to be flashy, um, but a guy that always seemed to put himself in the right place at the right time. You watch the film, 23 is going to be right around the football, 280, uh, 260 tackles in his career with the Tigers, 22.5 uh, for loss, 4 sacks. Uh, A couple of interceptions, 12 pass breakups, including eight this past season. And, uh, you know, just really has a good nose for the football. He's one of those guys to where there are other big names at LSU, uh, you know, Ojolari, Ali Gay, uh, you know, Jacqueline Roy, uh, you know, McKay, Garner. You know, you can go on and on with a lot of the players there defensively. Micah Baskerville didn't get the same level of respect, but he he was just a heady player. And a guy that I think could also make an impact there on the special teams. I think, um, you know, seventh round really feels about right for him. Um, But I wouldn't be surprised if we see him come off the board much sooner, you know, in that fourth, fifth round range, just because he's just that consistent presence that you're going to have there defensively. Other guys who have a chance to get drafted: Jalen Graham out of Purdue, 6'2", 220 ran a 4-6-440 at the combine. The question really for me with, with Jalen Graham is: Is what position is he going to play? Um, is he is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? Um, you know, that's really the biggest question mark for me. Um, you know, and he actually started his career with the Boilermakers at safety before moving to linebacker before the twenty twenty one season. Uh, 169 tackles in his career, 12 and a half for loss, two sacks, three interceptions, 13 pass breakups. Um, He's another guy that I think just kind of blended in there. You know, a a guy that was a consistent presence there for Purdue, but he wasn't a guy that really stood out for me. And that's really where, you know, I'm struggling to really figure out where I can place uh, Jalen Graham at the next level. Uh, Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? I think because he's that tweeter type, you know, teams may struggle to really find a home, find you know that, that niche for him at the next level. Now Shaka Hayward out of Duke, 6'3, 235, 34-inch arms that he really uses to it, he uses that length to his advantage. Also ran a 4 340 at the combine. Um, what I love about Shaka Hayward is you know the dude just has has instincts for days, has a nose for the football, flies around, um, you know, shoots around blocks uh, to make tackles. You know, he stays, keeps that pad level low, drives through the ball carrier, um, good speed, getting outside when the quarterback rolls out, disrupt, uh, forcing quarterbacks to to make poor poor decisions, poor throws, good timing on his blitzes, excellent range to the sideline, really good speed laterally. Um, He's a guy that people don't really talk about a whole lot. I, I see him, you know, potentially anywhere from, you know, the fifth to seventh round um, is, is kind of where Shaka Hayward is going to go. I ultimately think I'm much higher on him than a lot of other guys. And uh, I look at, you know, the production is absolutely there. And the athleticism is there. The length is there. So why wouldn't this guy come off the board in that fifth, sixth round range? Is he a developmental guy? I don't think so. I think this is a guy. Look, he had four interceptions, seven pass breakups. I've seen him drop into coverage. Has that nose for the football? He's instinctive. Uh, 337 tackles in his career. 31 and a half going for loss. 11 and a half sacks. Uh, you know, a guy that plays you know, with excellent lateral agility. I think this is a guy because of you know that that added length that he has with those 34 inch arms. You know, being able to drop into coverage, get his hand in, into the passing lane. I think Shaka Hayward. Uh, has a chance to, to stick with an NFL roster. Um, he'll be a, a mid to late day three pick, but uh, a guy that, you know, don't don't be surprised if he ends up, you know, uh, sticking on an NFL roster and potentially even getting a little bit of starting time. Um, Isaiah Moore out of NC State. Look, NC State had a really solid linebacking play. Uh, 6'2", 223. The biggest thing for me with him, you know, he's got these shorter arms. Uh, Just 31 and three-quarters inch arms. So, you know, taking on blocks is going to be a struggle for him. But, uh, you know, I I think the biggest thing, you know, Peyton Wilson is returning to NC State because, you know, frankly, he he was hit with the injury bug. And, you know, Drake Thomas has also battled some injuries. So has Isaiah Moore. Played in just six games in uh, in 2021. But uh, I think his best season was probably 2020. uh, 94 tackles, 11 going for loss, three sacks follows that up in 2022 proves that he's healthy 82 tackles 15 and a half 15 going for loss three sacks a veteran presence there uh for that for that defense uh, you know he, I, I think the medicals need to check out with 2021 um but he was a guy that you know number one seemed to always be around the football and really when peyton wilson went down to injury uh, he was a guy that stepped his play up and, and that's something that i think you, you absolutely see he plays well coming downhill uh, both as a blitzer, plays against the run, you know, and uh, that's really the biggest thing. You just wonder if he's just really a two-down guy. Can he play in cover? So that's really the biggest question with Isaiah Moore. I don't know that, that he's able to do that, and that's really where you know he may not get drafted is, is really that struggle there. But a three-time captain, this is a guy that's going to be a, a really a, a, a nice presence there in the locker room. So I think he may get a chance at the next level because really a lot of the intangibles really uh, speak volumes along with the production. And then you got Charlie Thomas out of Georgia Tech. 6'3", 216. Um, four five 240 you know there at the at the combine this is a guy again you know he, he's kind of a tweener is he a safety is he a, is he a linebacker um, but I, I think comparatively with uh, if you compare him to Jalen Graham I thought there was more of an impact with Charlie Thomas You know, I saw him you know flying around making some plays look 112 tackles this past season 10 and a half going for loss That's the second straight season with at least 10 tackles for loss a uh, couple of sacks four interceptions in his career, played both uh, defensive back and linebacker for the Yellow Jackets. And really that's the question is, is where is he going to play? Uh, I think special teams can end up being that spot for him. Is he a guy that's going to get drafted? Um, you know, that, That's really going to be one of the big question marks. Um, you know, I think he struggles to, to get off blocks. He takes those on and, and really... Ha- uh, gets engulfed at times at the point of attack that's why i don't know that linebacker is really going to be his home at the next level i think he's gonna have to prove to be a safety Um, you know there is some stiffness to his game with some of his transitions but uh i I think there's a chance especially if he could be a standout special teams performer early on that he may end up finding his way onto a roster i just don't know that he gets drafted when it's all said and done Uh, so this is a linebacker group i think you could see as many as as 23 24 linebackers uh drafted in this draft class we could see as few as 20. your know, true linebackers not including the edge rushers just those true linebackers um so you know when you look at the group first two days of the draft sanders simpson campbell henley those are gimmies right then you have overshone uh, Dorian williams as a potential uh, those are really the guys that i see in, in round three um you know, and, th- and that possibility there. Then you get into round four and five, and that's really the the Noah Sewell, the Owen Papo, uh, Henry Toto, uh, Yasir Abdullah. I want to put him in round three, but I think fourth to fifth round is where he comes off the board. Same thing with with I- Ivan Pace. Uh, love that that physicality that he brings to the game. Um, Cam Jones is going to be a fifth to seventh round, depending on the medicals, how they check out. Ventrell Miller, you know, same same thing. Um, I think sixth round feels right for cervasier Dennis and Dean Winters. Uh, Jermaine, uh, Jeremy Banks, Aubrey Miller, sixth, seventh round. Same thing with Micah Baskerville, Anther, Anthony Orgy. And then uh, you know, Shaka, Shaka Hayward, sixth, seventh round, kind of feels about right there for him. Uh, then you get into the, the conversation with, with Drake Thomas and, and Charlie Thomas, Isaiah Moore, Jalen Graham. Really, where do you see them coming off the board? Can they get themselves drafted? Ultimately, are they going to be uh, undrafted free agents? I I think there are enough storylines to be intrigued by this linebacker group. Um, True linebackers, um, it's kind of a a dying breed to some degree. You've already seen that with the level of uh, of play here with this group. They do a lot of different things, wear a lot of different hats, being able to get after the quarterback, being able to to show the range sideline to sideline, being able to cover and not only cover just running backs or tight ends, being able to do both of those. We've seen some of these guys even line up in the slot and take on receivers a little bit. So being able to do a lot of things. If you're just a guy that's playing downhill, those those uh, two down thumpers, you're not gonna stick in the, in the NFL very long. Those guys are dinosaurs. You have to be able to play in space. You have to be able to play against the pass because that's really where the game is going these days and so that's really going to be what's interesting with this group is uh um, you know how many of these these athletic linebackers uh, are, are going to get drafted and find a home there how many of these guys are going to end up playing the, some of these hybrid roles maybe a rover uh you know, are they going to be true safeties you know, that's really where where it gets kind of interesting to see really where where some of these teams see these guys envision them playing at the next level so we'll put the linebackers to rest. We've got the defensive backs next, the corners. We know we have a really deep corner group. Just how many guys are coming off the board in round number one. And then the safeties. You know, Brian Branch, is he a true safety? Is he a nickel? We can have that conversation. Who's going to be the, the number one safety after Brian Branch coming off the board? Just how many safeties are we going to see come off the board on day two of the draft? You know, I think there are a lot of question marks there with, with the group, but there are some playmakers there on the back end of the defense as well. So uh, we'll get into that. And then next week, we'll be all about talking through uh, my mock, where I see some of these guys going, where I see you know some of the teams really concentrating a lot of their picks. And then that'll all lead up to April 27th in Kansas City. That'll be the start of the draft. Uh, day two, rounds two and three will be on the 28th, that Friday. And then Saturday, we'll finish out the draft. Day three, fourth round through the seventh round. Who's going to be Mr. Irrelevant? Who's going to be this year's Brock Purdy? So until next time, for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Shoots. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week. And until next time, I am out of here.